This is episode 15 of Transform with Yayati with Hina Khan, who's a fantastic coach all the way from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to Transform with Yayati. My name is Yayati Desai, and I'm going to be your host for this show. I'm a coach and a speaker. I love coaching and helping people. My mission in life is to transform lives. Each week, I bring an inspiring person or message to transform your life and help you live the life of your dreams. Hina Khan is a success and business coach and a registered psychotherapist and an entrepreneur. Her mission in life is to help people provoke meaningful and lasting change in their lives. As a coach, Hina helps her clients change their outlook on their career paths and their potential. In short, Coach Hina Khan is a holistic practitioner in the field of transformation. So without further ado, let's welcome Hina Khan. Hi Hina, welcome to Transform with Yayati. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too because I've seen, like I met you because of Yasin and uh, he told me that you're a fantastic coach and then I started following you on Instagram and I've been seeing your posts and what I felt is, it makes people alive. Like you show so much life on your Instagram posts mm-hmm. and every post that you do, everything that you share, there's so much energy in it. So that is why I was really looking forward to this interview and the discipline which you have of every day getting up in the morning and mm-hmm. posting your uh, study, posting the results of your clients. I think that's fantastic. So what is it that you exactly do because I went through your website and you it was mentioned that success coach and couples therapist and a relationship expert you're also a registered psychotherapist which you don't practice anymore Mm. so what is it that you exactly do yes well thank you thank you for those kind words so what I what I do it's really about transformation and I know that you're in the same world and we certainly hear that a lot but it's transformation at a very deep level so the transformation can be permanent. And so I do use my psychotherapy background, but specifically I use a step-by-step process to help people really live the life that they want. And the first thing you have to do is identify it. What I've realized is that many people don't let themselves dream big. Many people have dismissed what they want. Many people put their needs on the back burner, if it's something for their children or partner or somebody else, they will do it in a heartbeat. If it's something for themselves, it's very difficult for them. And that's because of programming and subconscious beliefs. So what we wanna do is give people a system so they can identify what they want and show them the exact steps to get to it. But what we know is that 95% is mindset, 5% is strategy. So you can have all the strategy in the world, but if you don't have the mindset for a breakthrough, if you don't have the mindset for a transformation, it will not last. So how do we transcend? First of all, how do we identify what our limiting beliefs are? And then how do we transcend those subconscious beliefs that you talk about? The quickest way to identify your limiting beliefs is look at a result that you don't like. So if you don't like um, how, how much money is in your bank account, if you are not happy with the way your business is going, maybe it's the amount of clients that you have or the amount of products that you're selling, or if you're not happy with the state of your relationship, 
that external result is a reflection of your subconscious beliefs. So the quickest way to figure out how you really feel about a situation is to look at that. So um, sometimes uh, not having the amount of clients you want, there can be a belief attached to that, that I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to come across as pushy. And so that is being reflected in the result. Or um, if you don't like the amount of money you have in the bank account, it could be, well, money's not everything. Um, you know, people are greedy that have a lot of money or hard to make money. Um, or money is scarce. You know, and that can help you identify it. If it's in your relationship, it can be about how you feel about yourself. Like, well, if you're with somebody that doesn't treat you well, that's a mirror to how you feel about yourself. And you want to do this really in a non-judgmental way. We all have our stuff. And here's the thing. When you think you've identified your stuff, this is what I've realized, is there's more stuff. There's always more stuff. Like, it's like, it just doesn't end. I love one of my colleagues that said, my paradigms have paradigms. And paradigms is a word for those stuff those limiting beliefs or just beliefs in your subconscious mind. So wherever your biggest pain is, that is where your lim biggest limiting beliefs are. That's, that's a good starting point. It's a great starting point because your results don't lie. Right. Right. Like whatever you have in the bank account, you have in the bank account, whatever your relationship is like, your relationship is like, it just is. Whatever your weight is, your weight is. Your weight you is. It's lie. a number. You can measure it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So once we identify this, how do we start transforming them? How do we transcend the limiting beliefs? Well, so for the first thing is you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision if you want to transcend it. And I'll tell you something. There are many people who are interested, but they're not committed. When you're interested, you do what's convenient. And the minute it stops becoming convenient, you'll drop off. Um, you won't commit to it. Or you won't continue when it gets painful because it's going to get painful. But if you are committed, if you're going to make a committed decision to change this, then you will do what it takes. So the first thing is to um, make the decision that you want to change this. The second thing is responsibility. You also have to accept that whatever that result is that you want to change or those beliefs that you want to change, even if those beliefs were passed down to you, which they usually are, from your parents, from the society, the culture you grew up in, you still have to take responsibility for them. And people have a hard time with this, but you have to take 100% responsibility to change it. So you're making the decision that you're going to change it. You're taking responsibility. And then you really just start with one area at a time. Otherwise, it will become overwhelming and nothing's going to happen. So you can challenge the belief. I think it's really getting honest with yourself. Like if you want to create a different kind of life that involves a certain amount of money, let's say, you've got to get honest with yourself that that's what you want. So many people are afraid to admit that to themselves because of those beliefs of that they're greedy, that's all they care about and things that have been said to them. So you've got to get honest with yourself. And then what you want to do is one by one start to challenge the beliefs. So this might be the first time that you're even aware that you have those beliefs. So those beliefs have been running the show those beliefs have been dictating whether you're going to do follow-ups. Those beliefs have been dictating whether you're going to do another call that day. Those, those beliefs are dictating whether you're going to get up in the morning and write your goal. And so you, but you may not be aware that they were running the show. So the first thing is now you become aware of it and then you've got to challenge them. 
Okay. So I see your posts mm. on Instagram where you are writing your goals mm. every single morning especially with your non-dominant hand. Can you mm. talk a little bit behind the science behind this? Why should people do this? And why is it really important and how is how has that helped you? Great question. So um I get up in the morning and I write my goal every day. What you have to understand is prior to doing that when we are getting up in the morning we are going uh through the motions we are on automatic we are not conscious and intentional usually um if you live with if you live with somebody you know what their morning routine is if you you know you know that what they're going to do where they're going to sit what they're going to do first thing in the morning so that's us running from our programming we normally will reach for our phone and start scrolling through aimlessly and next thing we know oh i got to get ready it's time for work I made the decision that I want to start my day intentionally with the vision of my future, not the programming from the past. So if I'm writing my goal every day, I'm setting my mind to the vision of my future. I'm putting my mind on the energy, on the frequency of my goal first thing in the morning. Well, I have my coffee at the same time. <laughs> so I do that and what that does is I have control of my mornings. If I'm reaching for my phone, if I am just moving into habitual behavior, unconscious behavior, then I am being controlled by my environment. I am someone is going to email me something, I'm going to email them right back now I'm in their agenda. Somebody says something on Facebook, I post right back, I reply, I'm in their agenda. Same with Instagram. So this way I keep control of my mornings. I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the day. That I can't control. So the areas that you can control usually are your mornings and your evenings. So for me, um that's been something I've been doing for years. Now writing my goal with my non-dominant hand, that it's not necessary. And anyone that's just going to start this process, just start writing with your dominant hand. The reason I did that was even the way that I write is a paradigm. It's a belief, something I've been habitually. So, I was just wanted to freshen up and change up the way I was doing my morning routine. So, I decided to write it with my non-dominant hand because it forced me to not be automatic then. It forced me I had to really think, I had to think about the way I was holding the pen. So, it created another layer of focus for me. So, that's why I did it. You also talk a lot about mm-hmm. gratitude. Why do you think that's important and why do you think writing down your gratitude every single day because people know that it's important to express your gratitude but we don't do it often. Yeah, for sure. Um there's so much science now around the psychology of gratitude and what happens when you have a gratitude practice. So if there are things in your life that you are not happy with those results that we talked about one of the quickest ways to make a mental adjustment is through the practice of gratitude of making it a habit and what that means is you wake up or at the end of the day you write out you know maybe 10 things you're grateful for what that does from a psychology perspective is now your mind is in an abundant um frequency because you are looking for the good you are searching for the good 
you know, you're looking for the good and you're, you're looking at your whole life or that morning or that day and you're finding things that were good in it that you would not necessarily be attuned to or aware of. You would have just kind of taken it for granted. Like, oh yeah, you know, my husband, Paul, he makes me my coffee in the morning. It's a habit now. I may not think of it, but when I'm doing my gratitude, it's something that I often write down. So what happens is it puts, puts you in a space, it puts you in an abundance frequency. If you're feeling like, oh, I don't have enough or it's really hard, you start to write down what you're grateful for and you become aware of all of the things that you have, all of the things that are available to you. And this is something that is in every religion every spiritual practice. And what are some of the other things that you personally do which contributes to your success? And before you answer that question, I would like you to answer the question, what is success according to you? So success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And that is actually definition from Earl Nightingale. And Bob Proctor uses it a lot. I think it's the best definition. At first, I really didn't. I was like, it's kind of okay, but now I really understand it. And what that means is that success is not getting the thing. Success is that you have a goal and you are moving towards it. You're moving moving towards something that is worthy of your time, that you are exchanging your life for your goals. That's what you're doing. Every day, you are exchanging your life because every day when we go to bed, we are one day closer to death just are. So you are exchanging your life for something. And success is is exchanging your life, is progressing, moving towards a worthy ideal, something that really fires you up. So that's my definition. of. It's not my definition, it's Earl's. And that's the one that I've adopted. Hina, do you ever doubt yourself? All the time. I all, all the time, those doubts come in all the time. Um, Wallace D. Waddles said, Um, when a doubt comes in, cast it aside as a sin. So the difference for me now is that I'm aware of the doubt. I try not to get emotionally involved in the doubt. So I try not, I try to dismiss it as fast as I can and just dismiss it and not give it any energy and focus on what I want. But I have doubts all the time. All the time I do. Yeah. So when you say dismiss it, like what is it? Can you, can you walk me through the process of dismissal of the Oh my God. Sometimes I'm like, like people, I'm just like, so sometimes like a debt will come in and I'll just be like, okay, reject, reject, reject. So sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's saying the opposite of it. So if the doubt is, you know what, you know, you can't do that. But then um, I will say to myself, um, but why, but why can't I? Of course I can. And I'll just try to go on that track. So it's either just reject it completely or it's to say the opposite to it and try to get emotionally engaged in the opposite. Hmm. Amazing. You're also a relationship expert. And I saw uh, on Facebook that you were also a part of a show, a live show where you went in as a relationship expert. So what is it that you helped couples with? And why do most couples come to you and how do you help them? Yeah, so when I work with couples, I only work with a few at a time and I take them through the exact same process that I take everybody else through. And what we first decide is what what do they want as a couple? So what is their vision for their relationship? Most people don't have a vision for their relationship. 
And then we look at the beliefs that are holding them back. They all have to take 100%, they each have to take 100% responsibility and stop blaming each other. It is what it is, and now we move forward. So we really want to start to think of where do we want to go and be very clear about that. And, um, you know, it's probably one of the most satisfying things that I do because I just had a couple, and when they came in, they were like beyond zero. They were like, you know, thinking of the divorce and drawing up divorce papers, and they had one small child. In just a few months, things started to shift for them, and by the end of our work together, um, they had told me that they were expecting their second child and that they can't even, like when they think, they feel like when they had come in, that couple was must have been like years ago because they're so far from that now. The change has been so dramatic. So what I love about working with couples is that it is also about, um, it's all, what, I love, what I love about working with couples is that it's about the whole family. And it not only is about them, but their children and other people in their life as well. So when we work with couples, responsibility is a big thing. You got to stop blaming. Um, and again, we have to have a vision of the future. Mm. What do they really want? And why do most couples start facing challenges? Is it because a lack of vision? Do you think that's the reason why most couples face challenges? Most couples struggle because, well, it's actually kind of normal to struggle. So Harville Hendricks, who is a marriage therapist, talked about the fact that we actually choose somebody that is going to trigger us in a way. So we choose somebody unconsciously that is going to touch on our unhealed wounds from, an earlier, from our earlier life, from our childhood. So that is why couples struggle is because there is unfinished business in our earlier life that we are bringing into the relationship. And also we have these expectations that the other person is going to complete us or it's their responsibility to make us happy and that they should be, we expect them to behave and be a certain way. And then we get very disappointed when they're not. And we have to take responsibility for our own happiness and that our completion does not come from somebody else, but it comes from within us. So you have two whole people coming together. But we have a cultural paradigm in some cultures that almost that you're whole when you are with somebody else, that that is when you are whole and that you've got to find that missing person that's going to complete you. Um, but that's really not the case. So we have also beliefs that we bring into the relationship that end up causing conflict. Hmm. Interesting. Hina, what are you curious about right now and what are you learning? I am really curious about this idea that Bob talks about, my mentor. He talks about the idea that everything comes from awareness. We don't, we don't like, so if he uses this example that you don't make $100,000 a year because you want to make $100,000 a year, you make $100,000 a year, you, make a, you, you don't make, make $100,000 a month because you're not aware of how to do it in a month. So I am just really um, interested in expanding my awareness, which is why I do study every morning as well, because if all of my results come from my awareness, 
then I have to focus on my awareness. I have to focus on expanding my awareness. So I'm just really curious and having fun with the idea of manifestation, having fun with it, knowing that everything is energy. Everything is energy. Money is energy. And just this being curious about that and being curious about how to consciously use, you know, really create the life that I want to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what I'm really curious about. Hmm. And what are you most passionate about, especially among the things that you teach? Yeah, you know, um, Yasin, our mutual friend Yasin, had said to me, he goes, well, what is your why? Why are you doing this? And he said, you know, he was showing me pictures of schools in Africa that some of his other uh, colleagues are building and other things that people are doing, which usually have a charitable um, association with it. And that's their why. And I was like, that's not my why. I mean, of course we give, that's part of, you know, our, our, um, it's part of what we do as a family. But honestly, my why is my success stories from my clients. That is what I'm so passionate about. My why is that couple that came in that were at a zero at that, in their relationship and they left us at a 10 and are having another child. My why is that person that felt like she was not worthy of getting a raise or how was she going to ask for a raise in a company where she knew she was being underpaid and then she gets a $20,000 raise in our work together. But first she became that person that expected that. That's the beautiful thing. It's really about who you become. Um, so my why are, you know, are my clients that make their annual income their monthly income. My why are the people that finally say, yes, this is what I want. I want more. I really do. Like I love my children. I love my partner. But I still want more. I, or I've had this amount of success and I want more. I want to do different things. I want to stretch. So for me, my why and what I'm passionate about are my clients' successes. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what is it that you do with people where you help them make their yearly income, their monthly income? Yeah. So they, they, I remember when I was meeting with one of my clients and I said, I said, well, how much do you want to make? And she told me the number and I was like, oh, in a month? And she was like, no, in a year. And I know that for her, that number was a real stretch. And I remember saying to her, I said, you know, that that's totally fine. That can be the goal. Um, I'm also going to hold the vision for you that we can do more than that. And that's the client that ended up making her annual income, her monthly income a few times. The first is even accepting the idea that it's possible. If you tell people they can make what they make in a year, in a month, many people, their mind can almost not even go there. My, my husband was like that. I remember him saying, but I don't even understand that. Like, I just, I cannot wrap my head around that. So the first thing is to accept, accept that it is possible. Accept the belief that you can do that. And then again, you've got to make the decision that you're going to do that then you have to move into different actions and behavior. So 
yes, the mindset's important, but part of the mindset is following it up with the action. But your action is a reflection of your subconscious beliefs. So if you believe in your core that it is not possible for you, nobody's ever made that kind of money, um, it's not something that happens in your family, that's other people. If you really believe that, your actions are going to be a reflection of that, which will be procrastinating, which will be spinning your wheels, which will be getting busy with other stuff. But if you believe, I can make my annual income, my monthly income, and you really believe that you're emotionally involved in it, you're going to move into actions that support that. You might raise your prices. You might create different packages, but you're going to be inspired of, okay, you're going to start to get ideas of, okay, I could do this. I could do that. Um, you know, does it all have to come from one source? Maybe it comes from a variety of sources. So that cannot happen unless you accept the idea that it, can, that it is possible for you. How you accept the idea is through constant spaced repetition. Right. What's the biggest challenge that you can think of that you faced and what is it that you learned from that challenge? Um, the biggest challenge, I think, you know what, there've been so many challenges. There've been a lot of challenges. Honestly, I think the biggest challenge that runs through is holding the faith when I don't see the evidence. When you are working towards something, but you don't see it happening in the physical world. Um, that is, that has been the biggest challenge when those doubts come in, those doubts are coming in saying, well, this is not working. This is not going to happen. And you physically don't see it working and you physically don't see it happening. And it's to hold that faith mm -hmm. and still push those doubts aside. Well, in fact, I was going to ask you this question that how do you hold that faith in tough times? It's through study. Anytime that I feel like I have fallen or I go into a dip I can look at my actions and I'll be like, oh, I haven't been studying. And when I talk about study, um, it's, not, it's not memorizing. It is deeply learning a concept that it then starts to shift things for me. So the only way to be able to change things, the, hold the faith, is through study. It's through knowledge. It's because then our awareness is expanded and we understand, oh, me not seeing it are having difficulty is not a reflection of it not happening. This is actually part of the process. So it's constantly reminding yourself of that, and that is what the study does. So right now, uh, what I'm studying is Neville Goddard's The Power of Awareness. I'm specifically studying Chapter 14, The Effortless Way. And when I say I'm studying that, it's like, I don't know, it's a small book, maybe a page and a half but I'm reading that same page every day and I'll read it until I've decided I'm done reading it. And that's all I'm, and then I'm also listening to um, Bob. Uh, he has a segment on persistence. So for the last little while, uh, that is what I do. And so it's just a reminder again, like, okay, this is all normal. So study is what helps you deal with those doubts and keep your faith. The other thing that I always remind myself is something Price Pritchett said. He said, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. The absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. So when you um, grow something in the ground, you plant seeds. Because we know how it works, 
we are not sitting, we, we don't stop watering that ground or taking care of the soil because we cannot see it. We have faith because we understand the laws, the natural laws, that it is growing. So it's holding on to that faith for ourselves when we're not seeing it. So knowing that, you know, like, so if you plant something, it's going to bring to it what's in harmony with those nutrients and then it starts to grow. Um, so it's, so our part when we're do when we are growing something is to continue to take care of the soil, water it, do those sorts of actions. So I have to apply that to myself. So I don't see it, but I'm seeding it. So my part is to still get up and do the things I would do because I have faith to hold the faith that it is still happening. Hmm. But it's hard sometimes. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's why it's a daily thing. That's why you've got to like wake up every day and remind yourself, what is your goal? Why are you doing this? Hmm. Remember what you're committed to on a daily basis. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, absolutely. Hmm. You know, which is one daily habit that has that you attribute your success to one or two habits you know i think it's writing my goal and getting up early okay so getting up early so some people say i'm not a morning person um you know i would say you could get up 15 minutes early or 10 minutes you don't again don't make it a big thing that you sabotage yourself and prove yourself right that this is not for you getting up early and taking control of my mornings i think is a big part of my success um, and in that includes writing my goals and my study um, and having and having a goal. So I know what I'm working towards every day um, and gratitude. So I would say goals and gratitude and getting up early. Goals and gratitude and getting up early. Okay. Yeah. Great. And Hina, if you had the opportunity to include one book, in the school curriculum of all the schools across the world, which book would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think it would be the workbook that I use with my clients thinking into results. And the reason is, is because um, it, it has, it, it's a step-by-step -step process and it talks about the mind and having a vision and having a goal and responsibility <clears throat> and thinking big and stretching your thinking. So it would be right now, I would say it would be, if it was in the school curriculum, it would be thinking into results. Hmm. And where can people find it? Is it available on Amazon? I don't think so. I think you've got to, because you go through the process right now with consultants. So you would have to work with somebody, whether it's me or find somebody else to take you through the process. Hmm. So, and any any other book apart from this one because this might not be easily available to all the people. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, I, I you know I love uh, Power of Awareness, um, but it's uh, it's a bit. No, I don't think it's that heavy. I love Power of Awareness. It's a small book that you can carry with you. It really just it's just brilliant, and it's by Neville Goddard. And that's the one I'm studying right now. And again, I think it just really taps into the fact that everything comes from our awareness and our consciousness and that everything is already here. Creation is finished. So when people in school are thinking, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Creation is already finished. 
Can you expand on that? Creation is already finished. What do you mean by that? So your goal exists right now. So let's say let's say you're here right now and you are making five thousand dollars a month seeing three clients, but you want to be up here making fifty thousand dollars a month seeing ten clients. Let's say that's your goal. This exists right now. This is actually here right now available to you. You have to jump on the frequency of where it is. So creation is finished. It exists right now. You are just not aware of it, which is why you're not there. Your frequency is down here. So another example would be like um, radio stations. Let's say you're tuning into radio station and uh, it's 104.5 and it's pop music. And that's where you are right now. You're tuning into that. What people will do, they may want to be on a different radio station and hear something different. But what they'll do is they'll just like tune in more to where they are. What that means is it just becomes louder. It becomes, but it's the same stuff. The other radio station, 94.1, let's say that's playing classical music. That exists right now. You're not hearing it because you're not tuned into it, but it's here. You have to tune into it. Like it, right now, classical music is playing. You and I are not hearing it because we're not tuned into it, but it is here right now. Mm. So creation, your goal is already here. So when I work with a client, the client that wanted to make her annual income, her monthly income, that possibility, that's always been here. She had to jump to the level of where it was at. She had to stretch to that level to get onto the frequency of it. But it wasn't like new people had to be born or something had to happen. Like all, so then all of a sudden when she does that in a relatively short amount of time, those clients, the people that she's worked with or the way the money is coming in, it was already here. She just wasn't aware of it. Does that help? Does that make sense? Well, I have a follow-up question to that. How do you tune into that frequency? We know, yeah. accepted the fact that, okay, this frequency exists. Yes. How do we tune in? How do we tune out of the current frequency? And how do you tune into the frequency that we want? So uh, the quickest way is this. The quickest way is to ask yourself, First of all, describe what that frequency is. So let's say, let's use the $50,000 example. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm easily making $50,000 a month, serving 10 clients. You know, um, I love helping them. I work with them online. I work with them, you know, in person, like really stretch it out and get into the feeling of it. From that place, accepting that that is done, ask yourself, what would the person that has this, what would they be thinking? What would they be feeling? And what would they be doing? Then you start to act from that place and you are acting from the frequency. So you first build it in your mind. You get emotionally involved in it, but you start to even go, okay, well, what would that person do? Would that person be hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with? Maybe, but maybe they wouldn't be hanging out every day with those people. Maybe it would be, you know, once a month. Maybe there would be different people. So then you get the idea. You're like, oh, you know what? There's a networking group 
if I was operating at this level, those are the people I would be mixing with. I would go to that networking group. You probably didn't go to that networking group before because at the level you were at, you didn't see yourself there. You were thinking, oh, I have to wait till I get there to start acting and mixing with those people. But that's not the way it works. You want to think, okay, well, you want to start acting that way and from the goal as fast as you can. And it's just doing one or two things. So that's why every day you're writing your goal and you're saying, what would the person that has this goal do? Hmm. So you, you act as if you're already that person. But you don't start spending your money like you're already that person. <laughs> Okay, because some of you think that this is me saying, go buy that car, go, you know, book that vacation, already be that person. That will probably stress you out. Um, so what you want to do is make sure that you are first really building it in your mind and act as if you are that person by thinking it. And maybe, um, maybe you do want to stay at five-star hotels. Maybe you do. So then go and for, you know, half an hour, have a tea in a beautiful hotel lobby. Feel what it feels like. Maybe take your computer and do some work there, you know, or meet a friend and have a, have a tea or a coffee in the lobby. Like, these are all ways that you can still get into the spirit of it without spending the money right away. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Hina, if you were to start your journey all over again, what would you change? Or what advice would you give to a younger Hina Khan, a 20-year-old Hina? Oh, my God. Um, I guess this information and this material came to me at the perfect time. Um because I guess it was when I was ready for it. But I wish I had been ready for it earlier, because I feel like it could have saved me a lot of grief. But I guess I wasn't. So if there would be a way to be ready for this kind of material earlier, it would have made things a lot easier for me. But what I would tell my younger self is that uh, you are worthy. So you are worthy of those dreams, desires that you want to have. You're worthy of the type of relationship that you want to have. And you are worthy just for the fact of being here, being born, and that it can be a really fun ride and not to care what other people think. Because the truth is, um, they're really not thinking. And if they are, they're not spending a lot of time worried about you as much time as you think they are thinking about you. So I think that's what I would tell my younger self. Hmm. You are worthy and don't worry about other people's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I worried a lot about what other people thought. Mm. Wonderful. So is there anything that I should have asked you? Or is there any information which you're really passionate about, we've, but we've not covered it yet and you want to share that with the listeners? Um, no, I think you did such a great job. You know, I always, I love this quote, and uh, it's something that I sometimes end my talks with, and that is that life's journey is not to tiptoe to the grave safely in a well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, shouting, holy shit, what a ride. And that's what I would leave with your listeners, is that it can be the greatest ride of your life if you get out of your own way. Hmm. Oh, and I can think of one question. 
can you talk about the importance of mentors and coaches having mentors and coaches in our lives for different areas of our life absolutely i have mentors and coaches for different areas of my life what a mentor or coach does is it collapses time for you what would take you years to figure out you now have somebody that can help you guide you within a half an hour call or within 10 minutes they just say something and their whole agenda is for you it's not about them or what's happening for them so imagine that you have somebody that is just focused on you and bringing their wisdom and they are further ahead of you than you are um so i think mentors and coaches are very important and i think if you look at successful people all of them have had or have still mentors and coaches you do not do it alone so some people feel that it's a weakness to have a mentor or a coach or a therapist and it actually is the smartest thing you can do because you are saving time you are saving money and you're going to get to your goal a heck of a lot quicker than if you try to do it on your own with lot with a lot less suffering with a lot less suffering absolutely thank you thank you for that so you know where can people find you and know more about you and if they want to connect with you please feel free to share your website your social media handles and wherever people can connect with you great so there's probably three, three things one is my website hinacon.ca the other is on facebook i have a closed group called hina success circle and i do a lot of master classes in there we offer a lot of value in there and it's all free it's all free content um so anybody can put that in the search engine and ask to join that group in a success circle and then the third is instagram um at coach with hina uh, as you've seen i do a lot of sharing what i do on a daily basis in real time um in my stories so people can see that this is that i'm applying and living what i ask my clients to do because i will never ask my clients to do something that i haven't done so those are probably the three key areas wonderful thank you thank you so much for your time thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your learning with me and all the listeners i truly yeah. appreciate it oh this was so much fun for me i'm so happy that we made it happen um so thank you and i'll i'll uh, have to thank you asin for introducing us absolutely thank you yasin for introducing us and thank you for making this happen hina Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye for now. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you know someone inspiring and successful, please pass them on to me. I'd love to interview them and share their story. If you want to get coached to create the life of your dreams, connect with me on facebook and instagram at yayati desai that is y a y a t i d e s a i you can also connect with me on my website at yayatidesai.com thanks once again for listening and until next time do something awesome